High FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, good morning. And now for all the tech news and tech happenings. And boy, oh boy, what an interesting week this has been. We've had all sorts of announcements and product launches and you name it. It has been happening in the tech world. And what in the biggest news was Dear Google. Google, the the company that we are sort of coming to love to hate and there's been some strange, strange happenings, which I'll talk about a little later. But on the on the gadget and the good side, Google showed off a brand new pair of Pixel phones. Now, Google about three years back decided that they would get into the hardware business. Quite strange for an internet advertising and search company. But they are the manufacturers or the creators of Android, which is prob- which is the single biggest operating system for mobile phones on the planet currently. And they felt that perhaps all the people such as Samsung, LG, Xiaomi, everyone were, were, were not highlighting what the possibilities of a pure Android experience would be. And they started their own range of Pixel phones. And as September always seems to be the month where all the brand new competitors come out, they launched the brand new Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL, which seems to be the standard sort of thing, um, as of yesterday. And it was very interesting what they did. They have, with the Pixel 2, pretty much reset the ability of cameras um, and on, on mobile phones and offered a really, really well-priced, super competitive product that in many, many respects competed with the top devices from Samsung, LG, Xiaomi, Huawei and of course the big sort of story of mobile in America because mobile in America is dominated pretty much by Apple. We'll get to that a little later. I'm going to be reviewing the new Apple iPhone XS Max uh, in my gadget slot this afternoon, well later on. Anyway, so they announced these two new phones and some really, really interesting stuff with regard to the camera. Again, they were very quick to show off all the pictures of the new iPhone XS versus the new Pixel 3. And it appears that in combination with obviously a good camera, but with all their AI and computational um, expertise, they were able to create pictures that are absolutely amazing. So I expect to see that these cameras are going to be very, very, very well reviewed. The sad, sad, sad thing um, is that the chances of us seeing these phones in South Africa are not really great. So as good as they may be offering a pure, clean Android experience, the chances are we're not going to see them. I know a couple of people who import them directly, and they will work in South Africa if you do get a chance. They pretty much multi-band and work with all the bands in South Africa. And the prices for the quality um, is certainly a lot less than the Galaxy Note 9 and Apple's iPhone X and XS. The, the smaller model, which is a 5.5-inch screen, starts at around about $800, which is interesting because the new iPhone XR, which is coming on the 26th of October to South Africa and pretty much the rest of the world, will be priced below that. So competition is on. And their larger model, the 6.3-inch screen, is priced at around about $900, which is $100 less than the iPhone XS, so and with a slightly bigger screen, so and certainly it's a lot cheaper than the XS Max. So I think just very interesting how these companies are doing things and uh, getting up to all sorts of interesting takes on how cameras work, how phones work. A lot of really interesting stuff. They did let slip one very very interesting fact that by December 
the um, the Pixel phones will be able to use their brand new AI for making restaurant uh, reservations. I played that little clip on on uh, on air a couple of weeks or well, a month or so ago, where basically they used an artificial voice, an artificial AI-driven system to phone a restaurant, make a reservation put it in your diary, take care of everything, and answer in real time without the person actually knowing that it was a computer. Though they have changed the system now where the computer will identify itself as an artificial Google intelligence that's making uh, a booking on your behalf. And they say that will be available on Pixel phones before the end of the year. So guess what? I'm going to have to get one of those because who doesn't want to make restaurant reservations in San Francisco using an artificial uh, intelligent bot? So... Good on Google. But the bad news for Google is that um, they had some security issues of their own. And we'll be back with that straight after this. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back. And as I said, Google released all these cool new products which may or may not come to South Africa, but they also had a huge issue this week where there was a potential security breach which they did not tell us about. I think that's the bad news story. Google discovered in March that there was a breach in their Google Plus service which allowed people to see your friends' names, addresses, all sorts of data which you hadn't explicitly allowed them to share. Now, they did say that They didn't tell anyone because they felt that it may be problematic for the group. And there was no evidence that that data had actually been used by anybody for any particular reason. Now, that essentially is not good enough. So Google are now shutting down their Google Plus service in order to stop this. They say they patched the bug back in August, um, back in March. But it really is not a great uh, sign when a company like Google, which has pretty much everything. It knows where I've been. It knows where you've been. If you use Google Maps, if you use Waze, it knows absolutely knows where you browse. It knows absolutely everything about you on every level. And it's crazy that when they have a potential data breach of this magnitude, where all the data on you and your friends could potentially be used by a third party, similar to what happened with the Cambridge Analytica story. They don't disclose it, even though they say there's no evidence that that data was used. So watch the space. I expect to see quite a lot of fallout. I mean, um, our friends at Facebook were having huge issues around the whole data breach story. And in fact, um, that is ongoing as we speak right now. And just on that Facebook note, there has been a viral hoax message floating around. I'm sure everybody who's on Facebook has seen it. It's basically saying that your your post or their their um, profile has been cloned. And if you get friend requests, please ignore it. And uh, please continue sending this message to your friends. Well, the good news is it's complete nonsense. Nobody has the capacity to clone two and a half billion people's profiles, and nobody did that. It was simply a viral message, and people in their, I don't know, ignorance posted it and reposted it and sent it. I got a ton of them. I'm sure everybody did. So if you get one, just delete it, inform the person not to send it to you again, and ignore it. So there is good news and bad news. Bad news, you're going to get spammed, and the good news is it's not actually a problem. Nobody's profiles have been cloned, and and if you do get strange friend requests, just in general, check out who you're friending. Don't just say yes to anybody on the internet. You never know who's lurking out there and doing strange things. So 
Facebook really are trying to take care of things, and they actually announced something really interesting last week, which was also very good news, is they are cracking down on fake news generally, but specifically in South Africa. They are they are partnering with Africa Check and AFP, which is a big news agency, to crack down on the sharing of fake news on their platform. So they've now got human beings, people, going through posts, checking to see if they're fake news, and they are absolutely going to start removing those posts. So if you get this weird post about absolutely strange stuff, which people love to do, and sending on these crazy posts about, you know, the latest gossip or whatnot, um, I'm not even going to credit this with trying to find an example of some of this nonsense. But if you do it and it disappears, don't be surprised. Facebook are actively watching in South Africa posts that you make, and there's tons of them, mainly around politics since the whole Gupta saga has faded. It's slowed down a lot. But even now, I, I, I see it on my stream. I'm sure most people see it on, the, on theirs. There are always these crazy weird but plausible sounding stories about our politicians though with vbs this week who knows what our politicians have been up to but the bottom line is if you do repost just check it out don't just repost stuff blindly and there will hopefully be a lot less of this um type of nonsense because using the AFP and Africa check fact checking system you can go to their websites and you can check facts but it really will Highlight these these posts. They go through our entire process, which is global. It's happening all over the world. It's now happening in South Africa, where people will actually stop those posts, delete them, and put them through a whole process of, of fact-checking. And that includes photos and videos. So if you post some sort of Photoshopped photo where, where things are not correct, they're going to pick that up. Their algorithms, their systems are unbelievable. From what they showed me, they get something about 80 to 90% accuracy on fake news and fake photos and fake videos. So all you smart uh, people out there with, with uh, apps that can – create videos out of nothing or modify photos, your days are numbered. And the good news is that hopefully our feeds and the news that we get through Facebook will be a lot cleaner, a lot more accurate, and a lot, lot better. So watch the space. We're going to see it happening pretty much. It's happening already. You're going to see it happening now. Um, and Google are going to be doing very similar things across a lot of their platforms. They're shutting down their whole Google Plus. Not that it was ever a big deal. In fact, I promise you no one in this room's ever heard of Google Plus. Uh, it sort of never happened. They tried to take on Facebook and didn't quite work the way it should have. So honestly, be aware, be awake. The Internet's a really big, scary place. And uh, who knows uh, what's coming down the road. But at least Facebook are taking privacy and security extremely uh, seriously. I expect to see a lot more coming out of Google in that space because they have been perhaps a little immune, but they're no less uh, culpable of doing stuff. So now before we break for Tech Talk Cafe, I've got me in the studios. Wow. Always cool to have someone in the studio and a very, very interesting gentleman. I've known him for a couple of years. I've watched the whole eSports area grow and his name is Andreas Hajpascali. How's that? That's good. Not bad. Hey, I've practiced. <laughs> I honestly did. Well, welcome to the studio, Andreas. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And he's the head of Bravado Gaming. Now, they're one of the sort of top eSports teams in South Africa and fresh from Rage, we spoke about Rage last week, which is one of the biggest sort of eSports gaming 
Who Knows Tech Shows in South Africa. And he's going to tell us a whole lot about what's going on, what we're doing, what, what they are doing. And honestly, esports is now becoming pretty much a significant player in the sports world. It's, you know, rugby, esports, cricket. Who knows where we're going? But let's, <laughs> we'll hear directly from him. So we'll be back. I'm going to cut because I can see this conversation is going to take a while. I'm going to cut to adverts right now and then we'll be back with Tech Talk Cafe and Bravado Gaming straight after this. High FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, welcome back and welcome to Tech Talk Cafe where we always talk to interesting people. We get some really uh, unusual perspectives on life. And if you thought gaming was simply for the back room or something you played on your phone, the phone gaming is becoming quite a big deal as, as we've learned. Um, Andreas is in the, the studio with us. So welcome, Andreas. And it's, it's actually really uh, it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Get a little bit more about what's going on with esports because it's not just – I mean, it's it's quite a big deal, isn't it? <laughs> it's nowadays. a massive deal. I mean, you know, gaming's just overtaken Hollywood. So we're looking at the third biggest industry. It's probably a hit a billion dollar industry already. They forecasted it by the end of 2018. So it's just growing from strength to strength. And Stephen saw the days on the playgrounds. It's now onto the computer, and you can find an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old that can set up a laptop or a computer and start playing better than you can ever imagine. That's that's quite unbelievable how it's gone from simply being sort of this dark thing that happened in the background and and what what led to you getting involved in this whole thing? Did you start the traditional way? Did yeah. it evolve from that? Interesting story. So I mean, when I was in primary school, I started playing some. I got my first computer, and there was this creature game that I my my parents bought for me. And slowly but surely, I started experimenting with the computer, and then. You know, I couldn't install much because it was one of the slowest computers that you could ever find <laughs> at the time. So I started going to a gaming cafe. And from the gaming cafe, you know, I just worked myself up the, the ladder into a team. And from there, we created Bravado Gaming in 2006. And, you know, Bravado Gaming started as one team. But, you know, throughout the years, we've seen a following. We've seen a, a, a following of fans, of interest of playing games competitively. And that's when we decided in about 2008, 2009, you know what, let's try and turn this out into a brand. It's, it's cool. Esports is growing. It's getting bigger overseas. Sure, we're, we're, we're a little bit behind in South Africa. Um, but, you know, since, since 2009 and when we decided to create a brand out of it, we've just grown from strength to strength. And now we've got teams, one of our teams actually residing in the USA. That's really, really fascinating. But the growth of esports globally and locally sort of mirrors what's happened on the internet. I mean, connected gaming, the computing power that's that's grown has just changed absolutely everything in this regard. It's insane. It's, I mean, you know, they say I think the last 10 years of tech has just outweighed the last 100 thousand no years question. Of tech. No so so you know everything's going digital and because of that reason you know you're going to start gaming and you're going to start playing a sport on the digital platform but give us a little sense of of how professional this has become i mean we're not Oof. talking about just got a bunch of guys getting together with powerful computers and having a ball absolutely professional i mean you're looking at endemic and non-endemic brands getting involved now i mean people are getting treated like superstars so you can take any sport limousines and ladies limousines ladies private jets business class you name it salaries unbelievable yeah you know it's it's 
it's a replica of a traditional sport, except it's played on a computer and it's played in a stadium where people are watching you and it's broadcasted on television. So, so you're getting personalities like football personalities absolutely. And, 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 and the whole sort of stuff that surrounds that. But from your point of view sure. as a business, I mean, one, you completely dependent on technology and we'll talk oh, yes, a little bit course. about that because Dell and the Alienware brand are very are one of your sponsors. Yes, they're our primary and main sponsor. I mean, you know, you need the most important tools to be able to game efficiently and effectively. So that is the difference between <coughs> excuse me. That is the difference between being good and great. You know, at the end of the day, you might find that a top 20 team might be just as good as a top one team. But the differences are, you know, those little psychological things, the the difference in frames per second. And, yeah, I mean, so Dell and Alienware has been, yeah. has been great to us, powered by Intel processors, to give us that edge in order to take our games to the next level. That's really, really interesting. And then back to the whole professional thing. So you guys are structured like a professional sports team. Absolutely. You've got uh, coaches on every level. Psychologists, uh, nutritionists. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, is, that is pretty <laughs> insane. So we're talking to the big league here. This big is league. Absolutely. And in South Africa, how has that developed? Has it, has it grown as quickly? Is it a significant Look, in the, many ways, it's, it, it, it is. I mean, we're behind in the international scene, and that's because, you know, it's just the part of the life where esports and gaming generally is in South Africa. You know, it comes down to um, your, your internet connectivity, the, the amount that you're paying for bandwidth, so on and so forth. But, I mean, we've seen tremendous growth in the last couple of years. Slowly but surely, we're catching up onto the international scene. And slowly but surely, we're also seeing a lot of non-endemic brands coming on board. So um, that, that just, you know, for our listeners who might not understand yeah. what that means, that means like Coca-Cola. Your Coca-Cola that your are traditionally would not have been involved in gaming or tech. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I was at a photo shoot, I can't mention for who now, for a fast food franchise that's getting involved in esports. I was like, whoa, okay. That's so a big deal. It, it is a big so deal. So it's mainstream in many respects. It, it is. It's mainstream and it's gone to mainstream because of the way that tech has obviously evolved throughout the years. And um, just seeing all these new investors from a corporate and a personal in capacity is just, it's phenomenal. It's just another level. It's growing and it's not stopping anytime soon. So now if you're interested, this is, if you're a, a youngster, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're interested in getting into esports, sure. what is the sort of basic steps? What do you need to do to get involved, to start participating? And is there like a league structure that you go through to get, sure. to get up there? I mean, look, a lot of the top teams in South Africa are invites only teams so you know you've got captains and managers who look for potential if they have to replace a player a lot of replacements don't happen too often but um, with that being said you know just starting out having the right tools the right equipment I mean for us Alienware very powerful you know and Intel processors helps us to perform to play to be able to run the games efficiently and effectively so the first thing is having the right tools the second thing is Start somewhere, whether it be with some friends, start entering some leagues that are happening online. There's Facebook um, groups. I mean, we were talking about Facebook yeah. earlier. <laughs> um, you know, there's competitions that get announced. There's events that happen at places like the Rage Expo. Either enter with a bunch of friends or enter into a team that's looking for a player. I mean, that's actually how Rage started. It was basically a whole bunch of people who decided that's to it. take a land to the next level. That's it. And then now, boom, wow, you've got this huge exhibition that's just esports, gaming, tech, enthusiasm. 
So, you know, being able to work your way up the ladder just like any other sport is the exact same thing. It's like me asking you, how does Ronaldo get into whatever team he plays for? You know, it's the exact same ecosystem. So you've got to start off at the the grassroots level, start playing. The difference was Ronaldo had a soccer ball, soccer ball and, and a sure, piece of grass. Sure. No, Whereas I mean, here, this is a little bit more technical. It's it? more technical. It's a little bit more expensive as well, a little <laughs> bit. But um, at the end of the day, this is what everything is shifting to. It's shifting online. It's shifting into digital. And that's exactly where media and partners are looking to invest into. So, um, yeah, you know, the ecosystem is a bit tough. You you can either, um, you know, try and go for more of an entry range machine. I mean, like, you know, Dell's just announced their Dell Gaming G3 and G5s. Or you can go straight into the cream the of the crop, end. the higher end Alienwares. Whatever it is, just make sure that you have a minimum spec machine that can help you start off somewhere. Start playing, start getting recognized. People will see your talent. And I promise you, if you outshine, if you go to an event, people will see that there's a lot of potential and room for growth. So, obviously, guys, you've got guys yourself as well who yes. wander around these various events. Oh, yes. And you watch people play and you see their style and you see what they're up to. Sure and that's thing. where you pick up sort of new talent and new potential. Sure thing. And, I mean, it's... It's very important to always be aware of what's happening. I mean, I can name so many players overseas who have just made it into Tier 1 teams, have been playing for the last two years. You know, at the end of the day, you just need to click the right way. You need to be able to make sure that the hours that you're putting in has balance. It's not just playing, 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 playing. It's more quality over quantity. You know, healthy body, healthy mind, eat well, sleep well, have a little bit of balance, go and see your friends, go out, so you play don't your lock games. yourself in a room with no, a game. No, not at all. Those days, this, because that's always been the sort of that, picture of the yeah. gamer. I mean, and that's you know, the problem. Anti-social, back-end guy who just eats junk food and plays games 24 by 7. And that's the stereotype we're trying to break. I mean, personally, between... Bravado Gaming and Nag, we hosted an event called Bring the Bravado, um, amongst um, other activations that we did at Rage. And the whole purpose was to actually get parents in there, to get people who aren't very familiar about gaming to understand that it's not just about sitting in a room and just playing as much as you can. There's a massive psychological element. There's a big gamification element. There's a big education and gaming element. So it's, it's much, much more than that. There's a lot of psychology that comes into this. Absolutely. I mean, there's been a lot of studies done which show that people who play, you know, strategy type gaming oh, yes. ga uh, games are much better at dealing with real world problems than those that have never had to stretch themselves in that way and Absolutely. think in such a dynamic environment. So there's actually a very positive side to the there whole game. There is a positive era. side. I mean, if you're playing a team that you're playing all the time. Do you think if you're going to keep doing the same thing that they're not going to pick up onto it? It's a whole psychological, it's a bit of an analysis. If I do this, will you do this? It's a whole psychological game. And that just directly, um, indirectly more than that, <clears throat> sorry, um, helps you, you know, take that skill into real life scenarios. And you guys have also started a, a female gaming league because it's not just for the guys. I mean, a female there's also team, yes. a, a full-on female team. <laughs> so we've got a female gaming team, yes. Um, they've won the last, I think it was two out of the three or the two out of the four competitions in the last one year. Um, and, you know, we saw female gaming start off with two teams. I mean, Middle States hosting the first female all-league. And, um, you know, we had 14 teams that entered in the last league. So we've seen a huge growth in female gaming so it's as actually, well. So the point here is it's actually for everybody. It's, it's not for just everybody. A, a geek, male-dominated thing. It's now for 
pretty much everybody, and there's actually quite a significant career path. I mean, this is sure. not just casual stuff at all. Sure. I mean, if you're looking at prize pools, let's look at the international overseas. You know, it's a $25 million prize pool. Wow. I mean, first place takes $12, $13 million divided by five people. That's a lot of money. But that's not even where you make your monthly m- money from. It's, it's the salaries you get paid from organizations. Tier one organizations are paying up to twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 salaries a month. For you to just, well, just, you say just game, but it's a job. You it's get a job. there, that's you work it. out, there's a plan, there's a program, there's a system. That's it's it. not casual. It's not casual. It's a professional sport. I mean, can we regard it as a sport? Ah, Personally, yes. Well, in Um, this world of of everything online, you know, why shouldn't sport be online? And, you know, we're trying to break that stereotype of, you know, it's bad for you shooting games or this game or that game. But the thing is there's pros and cons to anything that you do in life. Um, there's, there's always going to be advantages to something. There's going to be disadvantages to something else. So, you know, don't look at the bad things because the bad things always outweigh the good things in your mind, and it shouldn't be like that. Look at the positives as well. What's that, good that's coming out of the whole environment? What is good that's coming out of it? How does it help you in real life? How does it help you solve situations? I mean, th- there's a reason that children are getting smarter and smarter at younger ages because – of technology. You think that technology is stretching them and making them more aware at a much, uh, you know, area, a much earlier time? Without a doubt. These phones, technology, <laughs> you can't get away, and I forgot to switch yeah. it off. So, so you definitely are seeing that the guys are getting smarter, younger, Absolutely. and more capable. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen five-year-olds and four-year-olds run a computer better than I can. I mean, I can set up my game up, but, you know, when you see this four- or five-year-old just hooking it up and just, you know. <laughs> Connecting all the stuff and getting a, on with it. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like, um, I mean, you know. I wish I could be like that when I was four or five years old. So, yeah, Opportunity I mean, we've missed. got to shift. But yeah. at the end of the day, the truth is you do need a balance. Make sure that you're exercising. Make sure that you're eating well. Um, quality over quantity, again, not quantity over quality. Well, there's no quality. question that the healthy body, healthy mind, nothing's changed. Exactly. Just the tools are now more high-tech and they've got mice and screens and very cool headphones with lights. And, I mean, the whole the whole technology around gaming is just insane. I mean, I was at a, a, a big fair in sure. Taiwan, and I mean, the sheer effort that the big guys are putting into gaming and the technology surrounding gaming is is unbelievable. In many ways, it's driving the technology agenda. It's it's scary. I mean, you got Moby Eye Tracking, which is also part of the Alienware laptops, where, you know, you can if someone's actually watching you through a stream, they can see your eye movements. They can see what you're looking at. They can see what you're looking at, literally. So it kind of like has bubbles that pop up on your screen where you're looking at and how you're looking at it. How often are you looking at your radar? How aware are you of the map? How aware are you of what's happening around you in your environment, in your situation? It's, it's nuts. But how is the new trends of AI and big data? I mean, obviously, playing a game, you know, and you're playing against other people and there's five of you, there's coordination. So like, a, like any, any team on a, tr- on, a, on a track or any team on a field, today with, with cameras and with technology, they track everything. They know where everyone's been. They can predict what you should be doing. They can find your faults. Is the same sort of stuff happening in this Absolutely. as well? There's, there's so many programs that are getting released and applications that actually measure your heart rate, that help coaches help you to become a better player. Um, there's so much going around it, and there's a whole ecosystem that's just flourishing from this whole esports thing. So, like I said, it's not stopping anytime soon. <laughs> and where to next for, for Bravado? What are you well, guys planning? 
So at the beginning of this year, together with Alienware and Intel, we announced Project Destiny, which was taking five, six, sorry, six players and relocating them to the United States. Our sponsorship went from a South African one to Meta Region one. That's pretty, um, pretty significant. So yeah, that was a good improvement, <laughs> like a very, very significant, um, you know, improvement from, you know, where we were three or four or five years ago. And the guys are doing phenomenal overseas. And now we're actually off to GamesCon. That's going to be happening in the UAE. And we're going to be setting up a team in the UAE. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of work. So are, it, you, are, yeah. you, are you a gamer or are you now the CEO <laughs> manager of all this nonsense? I wish I could game. I mean, <laughs> I think I opened up one of my games about two days ago after three months. It's just nuts because the thing is you're working the whole day. There's so many elements to it, um, so many managerial activities. I mean, it, it's expensive as well. You need to have human resources, and sometimes you can't afford all those human resources. You know, we're, we're always on the lookout for more funding, for more partners, for more support because this is where the future is heading towards to and being the person that needs to be able to run all those activities and requirements can can be taxing and and the scary thing is is that when you're ready to finish work at five six o'clock the guys in the usa wake up <laughs> been there does this it's not cool they're so, now ready for action and fresh. they're ready for action so you know you having 16 hour work days so um no look it's intense it's intense um south africa is seeing a huge development happening from a social and a competitive gaming one. And uh, I have no doubt in the next couple of years that we're going to be able to reach newer and higher levels of where the international scene is at. And the one thing that we didn't even mention, I mean, where do people watch these games? Mm. Because, I mean, a lot of people don't know that there's actually an entire universe of of online um, yeah, stuff I mean, where you can see and learn and do stuff. I mean, in South Africa on television, you can you know watch on Jinx TV. They broadcast a lot of tournaments, some local, mostly international. When it comes down to frequent events, you're looking at Twitch TV, where people are just you know streaming, commentating. I mean, we're talking about viewerships in the millions. I mean. In the U.S., you've got CBS that's streaming games. You've got ESPN that's streaming games. Because, yes, they're, they're, they're one more level ahead of us. Um, and, yeah, it's just all over. You just need to literally get because, into Google and hit – But that's uh, quite a, a good way for anyone to get to learn about the industry, learn sure about thing. what goes down, how to do things. I mean, for example, I know this is not in the same league, but all the kids are playing Fortnite and, and Fortnite, going nuts yeah. on that and, and watching other top sort of YouTubers having a, a ball on. But it, it's part of the whole ecosystem it's of It's part growth. of the ecosystem. And although Fortnite is being marketed as a social game, I have no doubt that they're going to develop something in the future that's going to make it. I mean, it is an eSport, but I have no doubt that it'll be an eSport for much longer than what it already exists as a social game for. So, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a stepping stone. It's a light drag into the real thing. Yeah, it's a <laughs> stepping stone. And, you know, you come back into situations that we spoke about about earlier so you started as an individual playing Fortnite, and then all of a sudden you're playing with a team in a game like counter-strike or dota 2 or league of legends and then huge team dynamics coming to play i mean i think the dynamics around those team games outweigh any team dynamics that happen off the computer but that's actually fascinating we're nearly running out of time i'd just like to explore that because Again, a lot of people have this idea that gamers are solitary night owls. They don't interact. No, 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 But you've no, got no, five no. guys that you've got to somehow get in sync with and work with. It's oh, exactly yes. the same as playing baseball. The synergy, or, the coordination. Or, or whatever. The awareness. I can go on and on and on. And 
just list attributes and attributes. It's it's crazy. And it's, these are real world skills. Absolutely, this is stuff that you and I use every day in absolutely. everything that we do. I mean, you boot camp often, so it's not just online gaming. You need to get together. You need to make sure that you're getting the right exercise. You need to make sure that you have the right sports psychologists. I mean, we've got sports psychologists for the boys in the this USA. Is insane. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you're living with a team that can get uncomfortable sometimes. You might not have your space, and you need those sports psychologists there just to bring you back down to earth, to make you help, to help you get to that next level. So, yeah, I mean, the ecosystem is booming. Um, and going back to female gaming, and it, yeah, wow, there's some beautiful girls out there that are that are busy jamming some games. And so, if you if you go to Instagram and you just go hashtag girl gamer, we're gonna get there, absolutely, exactly. So how do we? How do people out there follow you? How do they find yeah. out what you're up to? Where do they go to get all the info that they need around so, esports and, of course, provider? We're quite active on social media. So between our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we post a lot of things of what we're doing, where we're going. Um, you can follow that at Bravado Gaming. And we do a lot of after-event videos on our YouTube page, which is forward slash Bravado Gaming. So you can see what the Comic Cons are about. You can see what the Rage Expos are about. You can see what the events overseas, like the E3 Expos, are about. You can see what it feels like to be in a stadium of people just watching it's you play computer insane. games. It's yeah. pretty insane. And I mean, the, it's serious production this is not this is not <laughs> i've watched a few and it's unbelievable yes. and the tension and people really get wound up no it's, it's exciting it is it as sport is. should be as sport should be and it's entertaining as well brilliant well thanks so much for joining us my pleasure thanks Thank you for, for sharing a little bit of info about something that i think a lot of people don't even know about sure yet thing. but it's going to get bigger and bigger it's going to get bigger and bigger and the thing is it's an archive you know once you expose it to two people it turns into four into eight into 16 and before we know it it's going to snowball and having me on the show here is it's great because this is what i'm trying to get out i'm trying to get the awareness of esports and competitive gaming for people to understand that it's actually a really big thing and that there's a career out of it and there's actually schools overseas that you can sign up for to become a professional gamer um, and we need more of that. We need more exposure of it, you know, whether it be publications, whether it be radio, television, so on and so forth. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much. Thank I'm afraid you. we'd go on a bit, but I can see I'm getting sponsored out here. So <laughs> we'll pay our bills. Thanks so Thank much for joining much. us. Thank you. And we'll chat soon. Thank you, Stephen. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back. And we all gamed out here. And now we're going to be talking about other games, the mobile game and uh, my favorite gadgets and gizmos of the day. And guess what I've been playing with for just over a week. And uh, I thought this would be an ideal time to do a quick review. And that is the new iPhone 10 or iPhone. Yeah, the iPhone 10 S Max or XS Max. Doesn't mean I've heard lots of games and lots of people josh me about that. But essentially, as we discussed, um, Apple launched their brand new phones. There were three, the <clears throat> three new models and one completely new model, which was the new XS, XS Max, and the new XR. Well, just announced this. People may know it. The XR is available in South Africa and across the world on the 26th of October, which is basically two and a bit weeks from now. And um, that should be a very interesting model. But before we get to that, I'm just going to review my experience of the new uh, XS Max. And by, and by implication or sort of, you know, at the same time, I'll review the XS, which is the standard 5.8-inch um, X model 
for 2018. Now, the XS Max is without question a huge phone. But anybody who's been using the iPhone uh, 7, 6, 7 or 8 um, Plus would actually not be uncomfortable with the size of the phone at all. The new XS Max is exactly, or the 10S Max, is, is pretty much identical in size, in weight, to the old iPhone 8, 7, 8 Plus. And the big difference, honestly, is simply that the screen now no longer has a bezel at the bottom and the top where all the cameras were and the home button lived at the bottom. But the screen stretches from the very bottom to the very top with this new now famous notch at the top, which has got the new eyesight cameras, which does unlocking with facial recognition. So if you're used to a really big phone and you, you're comfortable with the, the plus size, then the Max is actually very, very manageable, very handy. Took me a little bit of time to get used to it moving from an iPhone X, which is a 5.8 inch screen. The Max is a 6.5 inch screen, measured diagonally, but it's slightly narrower and a fraction taller than the old um, plus type screen. The second thing is the screen is now the OLED screen, which was introduced with the iPhone X, and there's no home button. So if you've got used to having a home button on your iPhone, well, it's gone. And I must say there is a short learning curve of swipes and swishes in order to um, get home and to get back to the home screen. And you get very used to it very quickly. I must say that iOS uh, and now with iOS 12 or the refinements that have come with iOS 12, we'll talk about that in a few minutes as well, um, the, the experience has become extremely fluid, extremely easy. Although with a 6.5-inch screen, it's very difficult often to reach the top of the screen one-handed. It is very much a bit of a two-handed experience. But again, if you were used to using a Plus, you needed two hands. And um, not always, but on, on, on some occasions. So overall, the experience of the X and the X Plus uh, or the X Max screens are very, very, very similar. Just one's bigger than the other. The question that I get asked a lot is, is it a huge improvement on the X from 2017? And the simple answer is, if you've got an iPhone X and you're happy with the size and you don't want a bigger screen for whatever reason, and you're not particularly fussed by an improved camera quality, which we'll talk about because the camera quality is enormously improved, or you don't use AR or VR or need the power. Gaming's one thing that you may do on your phone a lot, and you need the power of the new A12 Bionic chip, then the iPhone X from 2017 is still an absolutely outstanding phone. It updates to iOS 12 seamlessly, brings all the benefits of iOS 12, which are available on the new XS range, no, no issue at all, um, and it, it's absolutely a great phone. But if you're upgrading from a 6, 7, or 8, old style, if you want to put it, iPhone, then the jump to the XS is just huge. It's significantly faster than pretty much anything on the market. The new, I, the, the new A12 Bionic is, is a 7 nanometer chip. That doesn't mean a lot, but it means that they're getting 6.8 billion transistors onto a chip, and it is more powerful than the average computer from a year or two ago. It is absolutely the most powerful chip that's been stuck into a, 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 a tiny little phone ever, 
And the benefits of that are multifold. And one of the biggest and most apparent benefits that you and I will see pretty much immediately is in the camera and the camera subsystem. The actual cameras haven't changed that much from the X to the XS. They've increased the size of the sensor a little bit to give you a slightly better low level or low light ability. But where the magic has come in is on the power of the A12 chip and its coprocessor or its bionic processor. That's sort of, I'm not calling it artificial intelligence, they don't. But essentially what it allows is the processing of pictures in software. So they've got a new HDR system which takes a whole lot of pictures at different um, exposures, combines them all perfectly and gives you a perfectly exposed picture. Never mind that there's bright light behind your head or, or your face is in shadow. It's unbelievable how far the processing has taken the quality of the picture. So the XS and the XS Max have exactly the same cameras, and the camera quality is right up there. Perhaps the Huawei P20 Pro is slightly better in low light, and in fact it is. The really tough low light situations, the P20 Pro has no, no, no peer. It's outstanding. And sometimes the, uh, the Note 9's camera can be a little bit more detailed, a little bit sharper, but overall the new iPhone XS cameras are right up there. They're some of the best cameras. They take unbelievable pictures 99% of the time. And when you're using some of the new AR apps, like there's a brilliant measure app, when you're using some AR-type gaming, uh, which I've tried, the new processor is just insane. It also has one other benefit, and that is even though the new um, the new XS with the 5.8-inch screen has a smaller battery than last year's, it has at least half an hour's more battery life because the whole subsystem is a little bit more um, efficient. The process is a bit better at managing battery life. And overall, it's just better and better on battery life. The XS Max, because of its size, has a huge battery, and that thing lasts easily a full day, get to 10 o'clock with between 15 and 20 percent, and that's after navigation, playing games, lots of social media, answering um, calls, you name it. It really, the battery life has improved tremendously. And overall, um, the quality is outstanding. They've come out with a brand new color, which is sort of a soft gold with a slightly goldy pinky back. It's very pretty. I I actually went for that. <laughs> the unit that I'm using now has got that, that look. And it's very, very attractive. It comes in silver and black like it did before. And overall, an exceptionally well-built stainless steel frame an exceptionally well-built device. And I think for, in most respects, Apple has continued to set the trend, the notch, the quality of the screen, the swiping interaction, um, the, the computational stuff in cameras is definitely right up there with the best that's available. So if you're an Apple fan and you're looking to upgrade, there's absolutely no question that moving to the XS range from any of the seven or eight, six, seven or eight iPhones is a huge jump. You will not be sorry if you have an iPhone X, I would say perhaps wait till the iPhone 11 or whatever comes out next year. It's more than good enough for now. And um, if you're a fan of, of the Apple ecosystem, the, this, there is actually nothing better right now. These are, without question, the best crop of apples that uh, Apple Inc. have ever released. And the XR, which will have all the same technical specs, except the body will be aluminium, the screen will be, uh, will be an LCD screen, not an OLED screen. 
small compromises, but I think great performance with the same sort of no-button swish thing at about 20 to 30% less. So you can decide which way you want to go. Also a single camera, not a dual camera, so you will be compromises on the camera as well. But overall, a great crop of devices. This is not an Android versus iOS uh, discussion, but I Again, I think that from ease of use, slickness of use, and just sheer polished performance, um, currently iOS and iOS 12, which is an absolute must-upgrade, um, is well worth the investment. So a great set of new apples, um, enjoying the, my time with it, and I think it's just a great product that will not disappoint should you go that route. And now we'll have a quick break for um, for an advert, and we'll be back with an app and an app warning, and it's actually for Android. High FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, I thought I'd we'd stay with the gaming theme and my app of the week, and something that I've been fiddling with and having a little bit of fun when I get five minutes is Fortnite. Now, it's it's a crazy game. All the kids are playing it. Some of the old old folk like myself are playing it. It's just great fun. I've been playing it on a Samsung Galaxy Note 9, and Samsung and Fortnite came to an arrangement which allowed them the exclusive ability to install the, the game on Samsung phones. And I would highly recommend it. It's great. Uh, it's great fun. It's a great time waster. But it has an interesting side effect. It's good for thinking. It's good for planning, eye-to-hand coordination. So if you want to start uh, talking about the benefits of gaming, there are numerous benefits out there. But there is one warning in all this. A lot of people with Android phones have been trying to get uh, Fortnite. It's called Fortnite Battle Royale on their Android phones. And it is possible if you're a bit of a techie and there are a lot of them out there. The the warning is that it is not on the, the Play Store, so you can't download it with all the security that the Play Store affords you, the safety of knowing that there's no viruses, no nothing. Um, and if you download what they call the APK, which is the program from a third-party provider, and they're numerous out there. One quick Google search will give you a ton of these APKs which you can download, and they do work for the most part, but you do not know uh, what malicious code may be built into that. So my advice was most phones are set up that you can't install programs outside of the Apple Store. Uh, Apple, sorry, got Apple on the head of the Android Play Store. But um, many people can, it's a simple thing to switch that off. But generally do not ever use APKs from any third-party provider. Don't install Fortnite. Play it on your computer. Play it on your iPhone uh, play it wherever you want to play it, but do not play it through an APK that you download from the Internet in some strange way. And if you're a Samsung user, well, certainly the newer Samsungs, you absolutely get a little uh, benefit of playing it and having it from their store, which is now safe and easy. So give it a shot. I think you'll be quite impressed, even if you're not a gamer. For casual people, get into it, watch some YouTube videos, learn the tricks, and it's just absolutely Great, great, great fun. And then another little thing that came across my desk recently, and um, the last thing that I'm going to recommend, is a, is a new browser for your phone. Now, all Android phones come with either the Samsung browser, which is a version of the Google browser, or a Google browser. So that's standard. But you can, for lots of reasons, install third-party browsers. And one of the coolest ones that I've played with in recent times is something called Opera Touch. It has two quick advantages. One, 
the interface is highly optimized for mobile. So if you've got a smaller screen or any screen for that matter, you can do a lot less typing and a lot less swiping and a lot more swiping and swishing around. So And it's very good on data, very good on data. Opera have always been uh, <clears throat> has that as a major idea. So it uses a lot less data. They process pictures to conserve your data. So give Opera, uh, uh, it's called Opera Touch. There are a couple of other Opera browsers, but this specific one's called Opera Touch. It's available on the Play Store. It's available on the Apple App Store. And you can just download and install it. And I think you'll be quite impressed. I found it really useful, quick, easy, and most importantly, very light on data. Save you a little bit of money while you browse the web. And on that note, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Tell all your friends they can download this podcast from our website, HiFM. Uh, anytime from, I think, tomorrow. And uh, we'll chat tech again next week. Thanks. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk right here on High FM.